0: From Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN, and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. What Fueled by an 18-0 run in the second half, and a Jason Tatum explosion, the Boston Celtics. Stave off elimination, beating Miami, and turning this series from 3-0 to 3-1. So congratulations, Boston, because all you did was delay the inevitable. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN App SiriusXM XM channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Presented by Progressive Insurance. I'm not trying to be a hater, Harry. Honestly, I'm not. Like, I'm a jolly old elf, right? Like, I'm the type of guy that finds joy in almost everything. You and I love laughing together. And I want to live in this world where we can spend all day talking about the Celtics and what they uncovered and why it means suddenly they're going to have this big comeback in the series and they will be the first ever team to come back from 3-0 as a deficit to win the series. Woo! I'm not buying any of that. Boston just, Boston got hot in the second half. Congratulations. That's really cute. They're still not going to win the series. I didn't see anything that changed my mind overall.
1: Well, I will say this. Let me tell you what I've seen from this Boston Celtics basketball team, and it's something that I haven't seen on a consistent basis. Number one, those guys created turnovers by their opponents, made their opponents turn the basketball over, which led to transition points for the Boston Celtics. Also, on the offensive end, you got a lot of ball movement. This team had 28 assists, and Fitz, I I went back and looked at the regular season. When the Boston Celtics have 29 assists or more, they are 21-4. and So ball movement is very, very key because when the ball is stuck to, you know, these players for the Celtics' hands, they tend to turn it over a lot. But they were able to, you know, get a lot of ball movement yesterday on top of shooting a ton of threes. Shooting a ton of threes and actually making them to the point of where they made 18 to Miami's eight. Now, with all that being said and all the phenomenal things that the Boston Celtics did yesterday and they had six guys in double figures and all six guys that were in double figures was a plus in the plus-minus column, that was phenomenal. I still don't believe that the Boston Celtics can win this series and here's why. I don't think they can do the things that they did last night on a consistent basis for three straight games. I do not believe in that. Uh,
0: it, it's a combination of things for me, Harry. I agree with you. I don't think Boston can do that consistently. I also don't think Miami is going to go as cold in the second half as they did. Look, it's fair to say Miami all season had a problem shooting the ball. And now you could say, okay, now that, that rears its ugly head. And maybe that will continue to be the case. But let's also acknowledge that Jim, Jimmy Butler had 29 points for the Heat. He was the mm-hmm. only player clicking for Miami in the second half. He scored 20 of their 43 points in the second the final two quarters. Think about that. 20 of their 42. The rest of the team had four assists, eight turnovers, and eight made field goals in the second half. Like, that's not going to happen. Bam Adebayo is not going to suddenly become invisible again over and over and over again. You can do it for a half. Uh, we saw one half where not only to your point did Boston get incredibly hot but Miami got incredibly cold okay cool that if that's your formula if your formula is banking on Miami continuing to be hot for the next three straight games while suddenly Jimmy Butler forgets how to be the spark plugger he's been and that he can't lead the the heat the heat forget how to shoot for three straight games if that's a method that people are banking on I wouldn't Ooh, put money there it on is that. right
1: there there it is right there because I do not believe this Miami heat basketball team will go eight for 32 from the three-point line in the next three games. Eight for 32. They was eight for 32 from the three-point line compared to the 18 threes that the Boston Celtics actually had. But not only that, though, in that third quarter when the Celtics went on that 18-0 run, it was predicated off of the turnovers that the Miami Heat had that led to those transition points, that led to the ball ball moment from the Boston Celtics. I don't believe going forward that that's going to happen in three games. Right, let's just hypothetically say, you know, it gets to get I don't think it's going to get to a game 7 because I don't think the Boston Celtics can do what they did for three straight games, nor do I believe are the Miami Heat going to be able to not do the things they're supposed to do for three straight games. On top of when you look at the coaching ranks of it all, I don't think Eric Spostra is going to allow that to happen to his basketball team nor Jimmy Butler.
0: You you mentioned three straight games and you mentioned going back to Boston. I can't believe I'm saying this, but Like, we got to be honest here. The Celtics do not have any home court advantage. Going back to Boston is insignificant. And if you don't believe me, look at the numbers. Over the last two postseasons, as the Celtics are about to go home, over the last two postseasons, the Celtics are 10 and 11 at home. If you take the bubble out, that is the worst record we've seen over a two uh, two postseason span at home at any point. At any point, they have a losing record at home. So all of a sudden, usually we'd be saying, well, now the next three games, two of them are in Boston. Who gives a damn if two of them are in Boston? You don't win in Boston. You don't win over the last two years in the postseason in Boston. So who the hell cares if the games are going back there?
1: And yeah, if you're focusing just on this year's playoffs, right there, four and five, they had a loss to Atlanta. They lost to Philadelphia at home. They also lost to the Miami Heat two games at home. So when you look at how they've been performing at home, it's it's kind of been disappointing because you would think the TD Garden would be a place to where, you know, it would be a positive for this Boston Celtics basketball team to play great. It seems like they do a little better on the road versus being at home. And if we're looking at the microscope on what this series has left, if it goes three games, two of those games would be at TD Garden in Boston. I like the Miami Heat chances to win this series, even though the Boston Celtics got to win in game four.
0: Eve, uh, if you look at history, Fitz and Harry, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance. If you look at history – all right, right now over the last two postseasons, the Celtics have lost 11 games at home over a two postseasons demand. No team in NBA history has lost 11 home games over a two postseason span there is no home court advantage to being in boston and on top of that without a home court advantage all you really did last night in the process of winning congratulations you gotta win wins better than a loss i'm not saying it's not all you really did was piss off jimmy butler because this is what jimmy butler said after the game when he was asked about momentum was he worried about the celtics gaining momentum from the win
2: no if anything, it'll build momentum for us, knowing that we have to play with a lot more energy. And, um, you know, we got to play like our backs are against the wall. Um, but I, I think all year long, we've been better in a ready to do things the hard way.
1: I believe him. Has Jimmy Butler not shown us everything he could possibly show us in these playoffs, in last year's playoffs, in the year before, the year before that, to not believe what he's saying? He showed us everything to believe him. So if the leader of the Miami Heat says it can be, you know, momentum and motivation for their squad, I believe everything Jimmy Butler's uh, displaying.
0: You know, there's this moment where we say all the time, "If if was a fifth, right? Like that's a a fun phrase." Oh yeah, we all I, be know, drunk, like, baby. Right, like it, it, not off no Kool Aid either. It, Maybe we, some hunch putt. <laughs> If my aunt had grapefruits, like we know all of these ifs. The if I hate the most in the NBA playoffs is when we take one moment from a team and we decide that if they could do that throughout the duration of the whole thing, they'd be great. Well, if any team was capable of playing their absolute best in every second, it would look different. The fact is... We just heard when you ask about Jimmy Butler are you worried about the momentum he gives and listen to the very beginning of the answer. No. Right? Why Ooh, is he not definitive? Right. Definitive too. Because what no. we have we have proof of concept two different ways. I got proof of concept over here from the Celtics. What's that proof of concept? That sometimes they come out flat. That sometimes they come out like they don't give a damn. That sometimes even in key moments when they could put away a team like Philadelphia, they just didn't look like they necessarily had it. Right? There are times that the Celtics have come out flat throughout the playoffs. We've talked about that. Has Jimmy Butler come out flat ever in these playoffs? No. no. like nope. you, You're asking the Celtics to, to have the fire of the gods lit under them for the next three games while you're asking Jimmy Butler not to do the same with the Heat. If I gotta bet on one coach, I'm yeah. betting on Spo. If well, I gotta bet on one person's effort, I'm betting on Jimmy Butler. That's why I'm betting on the Heat.
1: Well, the Celtics have been Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. They look phenomenal for a game. They look terrible for two. They look phenomenal for two games. They look terrible for two or three. Like I, I don't, I don't think the consistent play has been there for them. And Fitz, I'm up here thinking about you know their home record. You remember Martin, right? And and, and of course. Martin would walk in his kitchen and turn his lights on and brother man to be in there just fixing a damn sandwich. <laughs> What's happening, Chief? Just fixing me a sandwich. So people just come into TD Garden like brother man and just fix a sandwich <laughs> when they want to. Oh, that is that
0: is an amazing analogy because, <laughs> A, I can picture it, and B, you're right. You know, I, I think it was Greeny this morning that referenced on Get Up, you know, look at what we saw in the past. Jason Tatum went off in the fourth quarter of Game 6. Carried over to game seven, and that's why they won the series. I think that's really true. But keep in mind, it doesn't, he went off. Jason Tatum went off in the second half of this game, and that's a big part of why the Celtics won. It doesn't have to carry over for one game, it has to carry over for three more consecutive games. If Jason Tatum could carry that over for three games to begin with, we wouldn't be in the situation we're in right now. I believe in one coach. I believe in one superstar. I believe in one team for the rest of this series. This is a cute story. I really like the fact that they gave us more NBA to talk about. Ooh, we don't have it's as a long what of story? A It's a what story? It's a
1: cute story. Guess, guess what my special team coach, Keita Armstrong, who's in Tampa now, guess what he used to tell me about being cute? What? Being cute gets you beat. <laughs> yeah, and being cute is going to get the Celtics
0: beat. There's no doubt about it. But congratulations on the win. Boy, that was a condescending opening segment. Boston fans, not going to be appreciative what's of up,
1: it. Uh, What's it's up, Chief? Just fixing me a Sam. fixing me a
0: Sam. Yesterday, we gave you our reaction to the LeBron retirement consideration, but... What was the reaction of the Lakers and the rest of the league? You won't want to hear this. You won't want to miss what one NBA insider said about that scoop. Next, Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. The Denver Nuggets are going to the
2: NBA Finals, and they take out the Lakers in a four game sweep. I'm obviously frustrated not being able to uh, close out one of these games where you were in every game. And so um, that's, that's the frustrating part and
1: Harry, the podcast.
2: Seventh season in the NBA the Denver Nuggets are going to the NBA Finals And they take out the Lakers in a four-game sweep obviously frustrated not being able to um, Close out one of these games where you were in every game just can make plays down a stretch. So um, that's that's the frustrating part Obviously it hurts right now Especially the way you know, we lost not only tonight, but we gave away two games three games. You know, it's tough
0: No, every week I think white folk music white folk Wednesday, the the music always appealing to, you know, middle aged white folks. Uh I always think it's gonna disappoint me. I'm gonna be like, I'm not gonna love it. And then Devin hits home runs. So it's just Okay, so I have a confession.
1: Yeah, that you love this song? This song mm-hmm. reminds me of a show I used to watch. Is it The Heels? I think that's used the that hills? used to be the show. Yeah, yes. I,
0: I I mean I'm familiar. I never really watched the show, but I So I'm I used to watch the
1: Heels and Every time I hear this song, that's what I think about.
0: I, I'm just gonna flat out ask this do a lot of black people watch the hills? Because it seems like that's no. a pretty down. No, 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 no.
1: That's me trying to get into it on my white side. That's okay. all. Okay, no, I appreciate that. Like I, I I
0: I was a little surprised. Like, I can't imagine walking into, you know, I walk into <laughs> Hot Lana Hang and all of a sudden everybody's like, shh, 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 the hills are on. Like, I just I think that would <laughs> And be almost like walking into Evans' house in West Hartford and having he and his wife watching
1: Martin. Rich just rich, just like rich,
0: kinda... rich. Rich Rich. Charles yeah. Charles in DC chimed in off off the RTS. He said, "Yes, black people watch The Hills."
1: Okay. okay. Oh, okay, Charles. I'm not the only so, one. I, I mean,
0: there we go. I did. I See? didn't know. Like, look, we're we're um, we're comfortable having uncomfortable conversations on the show. We'll That's learn, what we do. That's the we'll thing about, about the Fitz and culture. Harry.
1: Yeah. Like we we're not afraid to say anything. Like yeah, no, that, there, that's what we do. A,
0: that's because there's a, by the way if you're listening for the first time Harry and I have been lo- friends for a very long time. So it allows us to have some of these uh, honest. Exactly. There are times that Harry looks at me and says like you would be invited to the barbecue. There are times he says I wouldn't <laughs> be invited to the barbecue. That's what that's what happened. Yes, Evan?
2: I think you lost your invitation to the barbecue cookout whatever we call it you in, know what? in the last break. Yes, he did. Yes, he this did.
0: Like I just made a very simple statement that chicken breast is the best of the chicken meats. Like don't give me chicken thighs, don't give me drumsticks. Chicken breasts are the best of the chicken meats. And cook them right and they're not dry. Like chicken breasts are better than chicken so thighs. So let me tell
1: you why you're wrong. Every time I go get chicken or I'm cooking chicken, I'm only cooking the thighs, the legs or the wings. I, the breast is what I don't want. No, okay. At at all. The breast that's has the, the most that's the worst meat on part it of chicken.
0: And the and the meat's nice and juicy and it's tasty if you treat it right. Like you just So you treat- don't like dark meat. Well, I mean Think, Just uh, answer the question. I mean, Just no, answer the no, question. No, I don't like dark meat. It, wow. It, 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 okay. it, it Thanksgiving. I want the white meat,
1: not the dark meat. All right. I want. I am not surprised. You know what? If I show up, you don't like chocolate. You don't like dark meat. My gosh, you've gone <laughs> astray. I do love Harry Douglas. So, 888 espn 888
0: 729 Feel free to chime in on this. You can also hit us uh, on Twitter. This is what really social media was meant for. I'm just saying that, you know, uh, give me the breast all the time. Uh, Rob Palinka uh, at his press conference uh, was asked about You're LeBron. You're breast De- guy. Mm. Yeah, I mean, definitely. <sighs> Rob Polinka was asked at the press conference. What? <laughs> Somehow I'll get this here, I promise. And, uh, Justin, I'm sorry. Justin's our boss. Uh, Rob Pelinka, the Lakers general manager, was at the press conference yesterday. Uh, he was not asked about uh, white meat or dark meat, but he was asked about how supportive he could be of LeBron James and how the Lakers as an organization will handle this situation with LeBron, making it clear he's contemplating re- retirement. This is what he had to say about the Lakers supporting LeBron.
2: Coach and I'll speak to LeBron in the coming days. Um, We all know that he speaks for himself, and we'll look forward to those conversations when the time is right. But, you know, I will say this. LeBron has given as much to the game of basketball as, as anyone who's ever played. When you do that, you earn a right to decide whether you're going to give more. Sometimes we put athletes, entertainers on a pedestal, but they're humans. And just like us, they have inflection points in their career. And our job as a Lakers organization is to support any player on our team if they reach a career inflection point.
0: I don't know that they could have handled it much differently than that, Harry. Like, they have to give him space. They have to let him know he's heard, he's acknowledged. They have to let him know he's great. They have to let him know they're going to be patient. These are all the things I expect. 100%
1: One hundred percent fits, in. and part of that reason is because you know every time LeBron James steps out on that basketball court, or even if he's in a practice facility, in the film room, if he's in the training uh, training room, weight room, he's gonna give one hundred and ten percent. He's always gonna be locked in. But a few things stood out to me. He said, "In the common days, they understand. Right now, they can't bother LeBron James. Let his mind clear. That's amazing that Rob Palinka and company understand that." Number two, LeBron has earned a, earned a right to be at this juncture and this point in his career to where he can have some say in some things and also take as much time as he needs. He's LeBron James. He's been to 10 NBA finals. He just went to a Western conference uh, finals when a lot of people thought it couldn't be done. He is the all time leading scorer in NBA history. And lastly, Rob Pelinka understands the human element of things. He understands that players, especially of his stature, LeBron James, that is, they go through things. They feel things. They have emotions. They are human. So it doesn't matter how many times we try to unhumanize these people and make them feel like they're transformers or they're gods. There's a human side to things. And Rob Pelinka and Darvin Ham understand that.
0: Yeah, I think they have to, too. Like, you have to be human right now, more important than anything else. And you also have to understand that free agency isn't imminent, right? We're not coming right off where they got to make that decision in the next two or three days. They have a little bit of time here. So I think they have to respect that time. With that being said... That response and the Lakers' response specifically is causing league-wide reaction, which is something Brian Windhorst, ESPN NBA Insider, updated us on the 6 p.m. Sports Center yesterday about specifically what the league is thinking of the Lakers.
2: In the league today, a lot of people were paying
0: attention to something that Rob Palinka said, which was that he really intends to keep this young core on the Lakers together. Most of what he traded for at the trade deadline. And that is interesting because the Lakers are in position to where they could either retain some of their free agents, Austin Reeves, Rui Hachimura, um, or whether they could, or D'Angelo Russell, or whether they could go into clear salary cap space and potentially chase another high level or star player, something that LeBron might be interested in. and so around the league, what people are watching is, you know, when the Lakers have their discussions with LeBron, which Rob Palenka said they were going
2: to have after they let him have some time, whether that would lead to any resolution of this or whether it would lead to LeBron considering it further. Now, LeBron speaks for himself,
1: Fitz, but I'm pretty damn sure LeBron James won another superstar over there with him. A guy that can take a lot of the pressure offer him a guy that can do what we thought Anthony Davis was going to be able to do that guy in my eyes, that's out there floating around right now is Kyrie Irving. That's that guy. So I don't think LeBron James is going to be leaning towards, you know, let's continue to build this team out and look towards the future. LeBron James cares about the now and right now, not now, two or three, four years later, but the moment right now that, that, that gives him the best chances to win an NBA championship.
0: The only hard part about that is they don't control the destiny with Kyrie, right? Because as Could, Wendy has alluded exactly, to, yep. Kyrie would have to take a pay cut. I think the, the Lakers are going to have to right now write a choose-your-own-adventure book. And on one side is LeBron walks away. What are we going to do? On another side of it is LeBron stays and wants a superstar and we make an offer to Kyrie. They're going to have to have a third road and that third row is going to have to be very specifically Kyrie won't take a pay cut. LeBron wants to stay but we have to figure out another star to bring in. I don't think there's any way they can just run it back. They've got to have three different scenarios. they got to be ready to pounce on all three of those and then they're going to have to be willing and, and able to execute it quickly because if LeBron says I'm in they're going to have to show him right away they can actually maintain
1: that. Well I'll call that being prepared for the- the situation at hand in the moment, right? I think if you look at Rob Palinka in the position that he's in, also Darvin Ham, uh, Jeannie Buss, they, they have to be ready for anything to happen. In all scenarios. You just can't go in there thinking one way or thinking two ways. I think you need to have three, four, five different scenarios that could play out in directions that you can go as an organization, as a basketball team moving forward for your basketball team, whether it's short-term, long-term, midterm. and I used to hate taking those, but all these terms you got to be ready for if you're the Lakers in the front office.
0: There's one other thing the Lakers have to keep in mind as they do all of this, and it will impact their future tremendously whether LeBron stays or goes. We're going to tell you what it is next. Plus, y'all want to weigh in on the LeBron conversation. 888-SAY-ESPN 888-729-3776 and yeah, I'm no chicken. Bring your breast and thighs, takes. I'm here for it. That's next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. Sirius XM Channel 80.
1: Hey, yo! Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Jason Fitz and Harry Douglas are
0: Fitz and Harry.
1: Man, they, they ticked you off, huh? I mean, they ticked you off, my man. I, that, that, I'm just saying, like, let, we make these things so complex. Like, uh, but I, I love the fact you said it with your chest too. Like, you you said
0: it with your chest. You know what? I'm out here. I'm just out. I'm, like, <laughs> oh, sh- oh my god! <laughs> I'm out in these streets now. That's what's happening. These- I here. You say I'm out here.
1: He said I'm out here. Oh my god! I'm, I'm out, out in these you, streets. streets. Please clip you that you. off, <laughs> Evan and Devin. Please clip that off, please.
0: Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio. The ESPN app, SiriusXM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance tonight. Actually, no, Triple Eight, say ESPN. 888-729-3776. That's how you get in on the fun. 888-729-3776. We'll get your thoughts on LeBron and chicken in just a second. Uh, by the way, I, I just want to say as much as we were just talking about what the Lakers need to accomplish, Harry, there is one thing that I think also quickly before we get to calls, I will mention that the Lakers also need to accomplish. And that is, you don't want to alienate the bodies in the room. As much as they need to figure out LeBron right now, and they need to figure out what they're going to do to bring a star in, they need to do this all in a quiet enough way. If they come out now and they say, well, yep, whatever LeBron needs, we'll trade this guy, this guy, this guy, we don't care about that guy. And then they end up with those guys back. that gets Weird. I think I think the Lakers are in a bit of a tricky situation. They need to make sure that publicly they're telling everybody we love this core, we want to run it back, best record since the All Star break. We feel great about it. Part of that is the message to the guys that may be left on this roster next year.
1: Well, that's why I think it's very important on how Rob Palinka said what he did, right? Because at the same time, Fitz, you don't want to be um, or you don't want to say things in a way that's going to offend people that might end up back on your team. And I I can tell you playing two years in the NFL, once guys feel like they can't trust you or feel some type of way, it, it doesn't get good from there. Uh, I've had teammates that felt that felt felt the same type of way um, when a coach or a GM had said something uh, to the media, and it, it, it wasn't good from there. So I think Rob Pelinka did a great job in delivering his message.
0: All right, now let's see what message you guys want to deliver for us. Triple H, say ESPN. Uh, we're talking about LeBron with you guys also. I just flippantly said that You know, chicken breasts are the best of the chicken meats, and that has created tremendous reaction from everybody. Jacob in Missouri, what do you got for us, man? Thanks for calling the show.
2: No, good good to have me on, guys. I love your show. Oh, thank you. Um, Thank you. No, that chicken breast, come on, man. Chicken (laughs) thighs are the best cut. The best cut. You grill a chicken breast and then grill a chicken thigh and tell me which one's better. I mean,
1: I, hey, hey, Jacob, he he might not be big enough to handle them thighs now. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Okay, okay, I know okay. he's been working out, but he might not be big enough to handle them thighs. I don't know.
0: Wow, wow this is this is what's <laughs> happening to me right now. Uh, by the way, I eat chicken like almost every day of my life. Uh, like I eat chicken all the time. Uh, chicken, chicken thighs are a little bit too like they're a little too greasy for me. Like I, I they're a little. Yeah, no, I'm not in on the thighs. I, like, I'm not in all like if what I are you go to talking a, about. If I go to, I, I, I'm confused
1: too. Like, I mean, what?
0: chicken thighs are healthy. They're not as healthy as chicken breasts, but they're perfectly
1: healthy. Well, I mean, uh, higher in fat. So sure. I, was, I was, I think, I think chicken breasts. The chicken is so dry in chicken breast, it makes me not like it. Mm, you just got to start
0: like you just got to marinate that stuff, brine it maybe. You know, there, there's <laughs> plenty of tricks that get give you plenty of no, moisture no, no. to I'm, the breast. I sl- you know, I slap it on the grill and it's done. <laughs> so you slap your thighs? Is what you're telling me, Devin? Let's take the next call, huh? All right, uh, let's go to Jason in Phoenix, hopefully saving us from getting fired with some LeBron talk. Jason, what do you got for the show, man? Thanks for calling us.
2: Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, first off, yes, yeah, size all day. I'm sorry. I don't need to worry about white chicken breast. Try me. Baby. Um, but, man, this, this media coverage over LeBron is just driving me up the wall. He wasn't the goat. He was the woat. He was the worst of all time for anybody in the fourth quarter in the history of basketball. And these are two possession games. And now we're killing Anthony Davis because he's a center and he got 15 shots. Well, whose responsibility is it to get the center of the ball? The point guard and the coach. I, I, I I mean, this guy played bad. He played so bad. But it's never, ever his fault. And I'm sorry, it's it's his fault. These were one-possession games, and he choked in the fourth quarter. L- let me just ask he you this question. Right. If LeBron
0: doesn't go off for 40, is it still a one-possession game?
2: Oh, the one game he went off for 40? Uh, yeah, it, it, it might have been. You know, if Austin Reeves' other guys would have been shooting the ball. But he took he, he took control. But my question to that is, do we respect Jeff Do we Do we respect Mark Jackson when they're saying on the live telecast, why is LeBron standing there for the whole possession and not moving at all? Why isn't he going down and taking the well, ball and trying I'm to get the again? I'm with you. Because
1: I understand LeBron did everything that he was supposed to do, except make the plays in the fourth quarter. But that was because he was fatigued. But still, I, I, there's like no I excuse. I said yesterday.
0: If, if, the, if this show decides we're going to run a four man relay, and we decide that the best way to do that is for Evan, Devin, and I to all get on Harry's back and have Harry run us three quarters of the way through, and we finally get to the fourth quarter of the last leg of the relay, and we're doing pretty well, and all of a sudden Harry drops all of us. If Harry falls down 10 feet short of the finish line, is it Harry's fault he didn't have the legs left to carry us over? Like, we're just making, you're making so Little, not you specifically, but the caller making so little of the effort that it took by LeBron to get—he had nothing left in the tank because the Lakers couldn't even spell him because they couldn't get points from anywhere else. Like, I'm not well, buying. Well, this me, argument that say, he didn't do this. enough.
1: Well, no, I'm, I'm not saying he didn't do enough. I, all I'm saying is that when it mattered the, mo- the most in the fourth quarter, he wasn't able to win, or will his team to a victory, and, uh, and that's that happened true. in all four games. It, and, I, and I'll take it a step further because a lot of people keep talking about this historic 40-point game that LeBron James had, and he was one assist shy of a triple-double. Well, newsflash for everyone. Jokic had 30 points, 14 rebounds, 13 assists, hit clutch shots in the fourth quarter, and won the game and swept the Los Angeles Lakers. His performance was better than LeBron James' performance in my eyes.
0: I, I agree with it. I agree with all of that. I just think that asking more of LeBron is foolish only because we should be asking more of everybody else. For the, uh, Yeah, I'll give you that the last 12 minutes, he needed to be more. But what about everything leading up to them? Where was everybody else to help him not be on the court for 48 full minutes in that last game? That's I mean, a valid point. That's I mean, a valid th- point. That's the hard part about all of this. So let's get another call in here quick. Jonathan in Virginia. Jonathan, what you got for Fitz and Harry? Thanks on the show, man.
2: Hey, what's going on, man? Hey, I'm going to just keep you, you know, get to the point since LeBron's talking about retirement. I'm going to just save up now just so I can afford the nosebleeds because they're going to be higher than Beyonce tickets. I think we should get uh, <laughs> Kyrie Irving or we should get Trey Young just to entertain it. And as far as the chicken breast, man, hey, when I'm eating that chicken breast and my dog is sitting next to me, he's looking dead at me, I know what it is. I'm going to give him some of the chicken breast. He don't want the drumstick. He don't want the thigh. He want that chicken breast, man. Harry, stop playing, man. Uh, see,
0: see. Thanks for the call. We appreciate it. Uh, who knew this? He sounded uh, like, sound like he caressing that chicken breast. I mean, well, I mean, let's say, like, wait, because your dog likes. No, my dog it? eats dried kibble every day. My dog has no palate. Like, oh, I know dogs. It's that not eat like my dog has a refined palate. I'm not trusting her instincts on this. Well, look, I mean, Annabelle is a saint, and everything that she chooses is perfect. And she does sit there and wait for a little nibble of the chicken breast. She doesn't always get it, but you know, mm. I'm telling y'all, like, you just gotta, you gotta put more love and attention into the breast. And then here's, it'll be here's what I'm
1: gonna do. I'm I'm gonna make chicken for the entire show, right? For everyone on the staff and fits. I'm gonna see if you like it.
0: I, I'm gonna I'm gonna like it. Tell you what though. What all I'm asking you to do is I'm gonna is, see if you love it then. I'm gonna ask chicken you to like. do this. All I'm asking you to do is this. I'm mm-hmm. gonna ask you to make a breast and a thigh. And I'm gonna have a little bit of both, and I'm gonna tell you which one I like better. That's all. Okay. All right. I got there you. we go. I'll do the no same doubt. for you. We'll a little, you. little show cookout. That's that's I, I like this plan. All right, coming up. LeBron is not the only former MVP with a ton of pressure on him next year. If he returns. That's next Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM, Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.
2: As soon as they made the trade and got Aaron Rodgers, they immediately are in the Super Bowl conversation. I think he is going to play great. It's, it's kind of the easy pick right now, the sexy pick, because Aaron Rodgers is there. I think it's a legit pick because I think he's all in. Aaron brings the level up, obviously, for New York. They put him right underneath the field It's great seeing how he approached every day. You know, he got the facility. He's been at OTA. He's just grinding, man. So, you know, it's just great to have him around.
0: Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, you guys can chime in. We've got a poll going out on Twitter. Uh, surprisingly closer than most people thought. I just innocently said that I prefer chicken breasts to chicken thighs. I don't even just prefer them. Like... I order chicken breasts. I don't order chicken thighs. But I'm you say
1: that. you prefer it over thighs, legs, wings, and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got yeah, yeah, to yeah. add that to
0: it. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I would take the breast over everything else. It's chicken breast or nothing for me. Like, I don't need the rest of it.
1: Like, does the, size, does the size matter of the chicken breast?
0: No, no, no. I mean, it's It's fine. It's it's just yes. why
1: are you smiling, bro. <laughs>
0: and now I do by the way love wings like from J Tim's. We've talked about that. Like I love wings yep. that are really well done. But if I'm like getting a rotisserie chicken for example, all I need are the two breasts and then I'm I'm good with the rest of it. You can just leave the thighs and the wings. Not one, those, or, two, or two okay. breasts. Yeah, I mean
1: That's important as well. <sighs>
0: Okay, so, uh, by the way, we'll continue to take your thoughts on uh, chicken breast versus chicken thighs, but also uh, there, there's a little bit of an Aaron Rodgers moment here happening, and we're seeing this awakening from Aaron Rodgers, we're seeing a different version of Aaron Rodgers, when he talks to the press, he seems to be happy, and it, it just makes me think, I've been here and I've done this before, I'll tell you why in a minute, but first... This is what Aaron said yesterday at his press conference after OTAs about what the experience has been like so far this quickly with the New York Jets.
2: I mean, it's been it's been like a dream month so far. I have an excitement about coming down uh, Jets drive and um, it was surreal for sure and strange to look at my locker and see a number eight or to You know, be rocking jet skier is a little bit strange for sure, but um, every day there's been something that's kind of been a little special sign or synchronicity or just a cool moment that uh, reminds me I'm in the right place.
0: Harry, I feel like the the been there, done that moment of this to me is recent. We just saw... Tom Brady go to Tampa Bay and he just seems so happy and he seemed, everything seems so go lucky. And it feels like we're getting that same thing from Aaron Rodgers right now. Like it's just, you know, he's in a new spot. He's in a new world. He's in a different place. And you can feel like he's in a different place.
1: Well, when you go to a new team, new scenery, new people that you're around different things than what you probably experienced beforehand. He's been in green Bay for a very, very long time. The differences between the two cities is is astronomical, uh, but also you have a new sense of life. You have a new sense of urgency. Things are newer, right? There's times where you may drive to to the facility and you don't know what to expect versus being in Green Bay and knowing every day what you were going what you was going to expect. And also, and I'm glad you brought up Tom Brady because when Tom Brady left the New England Patriots, and I was at his last game um, that he that he lost in New England. When he went to Tampa Bay, and you've seen Tom on social media, it was a different guy in my eyes. You've seen him trolling people, seen him having more fun, seen him and Gronk doing, you know, social media stuff down there at the facility or whatnot. A new sense of energy, something new had hit Tom's body because that's exactly what it was. And I see the same things with Aaron Rodgers. You see him there at OTAs. And how many years have we talked about him not being at OTAs with the Green Bay Packers, but going to the Knicks basketball game with, you know, Sauce Garden. I think Alan Lazard was there one of the games as well. I seen him at the Kentucky Derby uh, sitting – a few, a few rows in front of me, enjoying his life, smoking his cigars, betting on the horses. And it just seemed like he, he's happy. He's in a happy place. And it also makes me believe that a guy like Aaron Rodgers wants to also scorch the earth, go out there and perform at a high level because he has that chip on his shoulder on top of being around so much new.
0: I, I want to go back to one thing you mentioned about social media, Tom. Because at the time, we said, well, look, he's finally away from Belichick, and we're seeing the real Tom Brady. We definitely saw a happier Tom Brady, even when Mm -hmm. things were going wrong. Even when he's smashing tablets, we still sort of laughed about it afterwards with Tampa Bay. But part of that is just life, right? Like... I, I, look, I live an hour and a half from Boston right now. I don't think it's a hot take to say that Connecticut is not as exciting for a lot of people as, I don't know, Florida is for some people. Like, different vibe, different – like, if you're a beach guy and you're down in Florida, you're probably enjoying every second of that instead of the winter of New England, right? Like, that's a much yeah. different – I don't think it's a hot take to turn around to somebody and say, you know what? Maybe you didn't love the off season and being around Green Bay. I've spent a lot of time in Green Bay on tour. Green Bay is a really fun place for like a day or two, maybe. But it's not like New York. You're talking a day about. day
1: or like, two. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> for five hours.
0: <laughs> I, I agree, yeah, they got the one casino down the road. Like, you spend half the day there and you're like, all right, good. We saw Green Bay. Let's go to Milwaukee. Uh, there, there's this moment for me where seeing a more engaged Aaron Rodgers, he's in New York. Like, if you're independently wealthy and you can hang out with your friends in New York and you can go to places like the Knicks, or you're independently wealthy and you can go see cheese curds in Wisconsin, which one is more exciting? For some people, I'm not saying for everybody, but like it just feels like maybe we, in the beginning with Tom Brady, we didn't put enough weight on just what it's like to be in a different city that might speak to him more versus like what we're seeing right now with Aaron Rodgers. Maybe he's yeah. just in a different city, a different place that speaks to him more, and that gives you a happier version of
1: what we're going to see this year. uh I think part of the reason why we see Aaron Rodgers that's, you know, probably more locked in right now, not to say that, you know, and diminish his approach to the game. But I think he is more locked in at this moment because there's so much unknown. Right. Uh, and he was brought to the New York Jets to, I would say, basically be the savior, be the guy that can help guide them to a Super Bowl appearance and, and, and actually win it. Win it for the uh, for the first time since what Joe Namath won it, right? So I think he understands the weight that's on his shoulders on top of the new on top of everyone welcome, welcoming welcoming. Um, uh, giving him a warm welcome to the Jets organization. So you look at all those things, man, and he doesn't want, number one, let himself down, let his family down, let the organization down, but also he doesn't want to let the fans down. I, I, so he's going to be engaged differently more so than he was in Green Bay.
0: I mean, I certainly remember what it was like to leave one tour and go to another and, like, suddenly you're on a bus and there's a different energy. You changed teams. Like, wasn't there a different energy late in your career when you went It from, was. Right. Like, it, it just it was. hits different, right?
1: It, 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 it and. Your mindset is that like, okay, things are new. Uh, you have to study more because you, you're learning a new offense. Probably not him because he's going to probably be in the same offense. But you want to get around the city and get to know people, see what the city is all about. But there's this new energy and this new life to, okay, now I got to do it in a different uniform. Everyone knows what Aaron Rodgers is like in a Green Bay Packers uniform. Everybody knows what Aaron Rodgers is like in a cow uniform. But what is Aaron Rodgers going to be in a Jets uniform? And when you look at it from that standpoint, I think you move forward from that point.
0: Yeah, and I oh. think for Aaron Rodgers, there's just a real spot to reinvent yourself. You can be whoever you want to yep. be right now with these, with these people, and that's a really cool moment as a teammate in a city like New York. I'm just not surprised by any of what we're seeing. We'll continue to break down what it means for them on the field, but coming up, the one thing the Celtics did last night, the only thing they did was delay the inevitable. We'll talk about why next. Fitz and Harry.
1: Fitz and Harry, the
0: podcast.